So I'm live at the Red House with some <laughs> distant cousin of mine, <laughs> Will Easter. Somebody just told me that the other day. I think Drew Willerson did. Uh, wait, you and I talked about that too, I think. Yep. Um, on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, so, I mean, I, I didn't really think about it. I did assume, uh, I, I assumed over the years that you might be related to the Easter brothers, but yeah, my grandfather was like, I think first cousins with them. Okay. So I think that might make us based on what we were talking about. We might be something like what fourth, fourth something or fifth like, cousins. Yeah. Pretty close like to that. that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Staying involved in music. Yeah. Music and beards. <laughs> music and beards. That's exactly right. So, speaking of music, what's up with you? Uh, this year's been pretty good yeah. to us so far. Um, I uh, got to play the band competition at Merrill Fest um, back in April, and we technically didn't win, but we won. Um, the people that won the band competition couldn't show up and play the winning slot. Mm. Uh, so we were the runners up and they asked us to play. Nice. Um, so we got to play on Hillside stage, um, Sunday, which was pretty sweet. So I, I consider that a win. So I'm going to say I won the band competition. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. Yeah. Winners show up and do their job, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's part of the criteria. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. Uh, then we did Shakur Hills last week. Um, last week was, I think five consecutive days of shows, which felt really good. Uh, oh shit. We got to pause. We got to start over. Okay. We got to start over. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I forgot about the fucking camera. Okay. Just in case, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll probably keep some of that audio and just like <laughs> reveal my mistakes to the world. Okay, and just cool. edit that in somehow. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, again, I'm live at the Red House with Will Easter. Um, so you were just telling me that you've had a very busy couple of weeks playing uh, yeah. Merle Fest and Shikori Hills. Yeah. And you were just on Shikori Hills. So you, had, you said five days in a yeah. five-day we, weekend? Yeah. We did um, like a private show up in uh, Blowing Rock at a place called Blue Ridge Mountain Club. Um, and then I did a solo show in Greensboro at the Flatiron with uh, my buddy Jack Marion and then uh, the Brewer's Kettle. Uh, did a full band show there Friday night, and then full band show at Shakori Saturday night, and then a singer songwriter in the round uh, Sunday morning mm. at Shakori. So that was, yeah, I was tired. <laughs> I was tired Monday. I woke up and I was like, man, do I really gotta go to work now? Uh, <laughs> I bet, man. Are you out of Greensboro? Um, that's like out, as in like, like where you live? Oh, I'm I'm in Boone. You're in Boone. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. You came down here from Boone. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, <laughs> thank you for coming down. Oh man. yeah, for sure. I like. I mean, I know of your name. I like kind of thought you were Greensboro, so I guess uh, that's a longer drive than I expected. Yeah. Well, like that, from like the Madison area originally, like Pine Hall. Okay. Is where I'm from, so yeah, I always kind of claim that, but also Boone as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so I. I I don't know how the editing will go. I wanted to mention again, like there's this connection that we have with the whole Easter brother thing. Yeah. Like, I guess one, one, one of the reasons, one of the things I thought would be interesting to ask you knowing you were going to come over was like, maybe something about this legacy of music, you know, like this area is rich with music. Yeah. The, the rich with gospel, rich, rich with old time, rich with yeah. bluegrass, lots of things. Uh, you happen to be part of this family tree that has a, a good amount of music in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess, um, 
<laughs> on top of that, another thing that I, I remember you posting something on Facebook once that, uh, that like immediately made me want to have a conversation with you. <laughs> Hell no. It was, <laughs> it, it was a bit of like, you were kind of like expressing some shit that sucks about like the music, uh, industry. Oh or yeah. And I was like, yep, yeah, I know what you're saying, buddy. <laughs> I know how you're feeling. Yeah. Like, uh, I guess I just like, it's, it seems interesting for you to be coming from this like musical sort of rich background mm -hmm. and for the landscape of music to be in such a poor condition that it's in. And like, it feels like you're this type person that sort of you're working your ass off and doing all these cool things. But like it, it you're, you feel like an example of the fact that the whole system of the music economy is kind of fucked right now. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think that post I was, I think I was living in my car for like a week mm. uh, and my like my sister had COVID and I was like, I'm not going to be at your house right now. Um, so I just lived in my car and I was literally just sitting there in my car booking shows <laughs> and uh, I was kind of fed up with it um, just because, yeah, like it's working my butt off. Um, and last summer was good. We got some shows, but it, we didn't get the shows that I really wanted to get um, or not as many. And I just kind of felt defeated whenever I posted that, I think. Yeah. But also, it's kind of like, I don't know, I, I see so many people that, like, um, that have a little bit better hand dealt to them, which is fine. You know, I think everybody gets the hand they, they really, you know, are meant to have, I guess. And that's just, you have to work through that. Um, there's been a lot of people, like, I don't know. I do kind of envy the people that have had, like, the, the, financial nudge from like parents you know mm -hmm. what i mean i i have not had that option it's it's all been like you know just work your butt off and see where it goes yeah so i feel that man yeah mm, i've i've been pretty lucky like i've had parents that you know like over the years have bought me an instrument or yeah. here and there and right. you know like tried to be supportive right but as far as like bankrolling the whole thing yeah. none of that yeah <laughs> yeah i guess you know i i can't complain too much the two guitars that i do have were my grandpa's mm. um and I, I was started playing them and my dad was like i guess they're yours now because <laughs> i was playing them more than he uh, was uh so that that is yeah yeah so very very relatable yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh it's interesting so how's the boon scene treat you we do pretty well in Boone. Um, it's funny because we are continuously asked to play shows there, and I can't, I can't do it all the time. Mm. You know, um, I have people that hit me up about playing in Boone almost weekly. Like other outside uh, people are out from outside of town, and I'm like, I would like, I really want to play a show with you, but I can only play in that town maybe three times a year. Mm. Just, just I, just me personally, because it's such a small town. Um, and just oversaturation happens a lot there, you know. Um, now, if I'll do, you know, uh, shows mainly at Boone Saloon. Um, and that's, like I said, maybe three or four times a year. We just did this kind of off, like, it, it wasn't really a, a, a planned thing or it, it wasn't something I was really planning on doing, but it was a good opportunity. Uh, we play this thing called Thaw Out. They brought this music festival back in Boone um, after 24 years. And uh, they asked us to play that, so that was pretty cool. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of outside of our standard shows there. Um, 
But really, it's it's Boone's kind of an interesting town because it's this four year cycle. It's all new people all the time. Oh right. Yeah. Uh, so I, and I've seen bands whenever I first moved there. Um, it was a lot of stuff going on then, like uh, bands like Arson Daily, Rainbow Kitten Surprise was playing there then. I think the Nude Party was, yeah, the Nude Party was playing there too, um, and quite a few others. And it was just like around like 2015, 2016, just kind of like teetered off. Mm. Um, and but uh, there's a uh, there's an organization in Boone now. Uh, or that started in Boone called um, Drava, and that guy really uh, he helps put on shows for sure. Uh, more of a DIY college kid scene, which is not really what I'm in anymore. Um, but yeah, so if it's if it's related to like the DIY scene, it does very well, like music does there. Um, but if you're like really coming into town um, and you're not from there, it's gonna be tough to get people in yeah yeah that was my experience and I, I didn't work it very much kind of for that reason yeah I kind of there, there's been a handful of reasons like I don't know uh to to that I haven't really developed or I haven't really targeted Asheville or Boone very much yeah. and it's usually something like that like yeah. it's just those places seem a little harder to yeah. build up yeah uh the only times I've played in Boone one of the first times I ever went on the like did a did a weekend of shows uh I did Johnson City Tennessee and I did Boone, I did Galileo's okay. back in the yeah. day. Yeah. Is that still there? Uh, I don't, the build's still there? I don't know if they're like open. I don't see much happening there anymore. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Boone Saloon, I've never, I've never played there. Yeah, it's, it's a cool spot. Uh, my first show ever at Boone Saloon, uh, I went to go see American Aquarium. And that was really? pretty sick. Back in 2015, now you couldn't even get them in that place. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the first time I ever seen American Aquarium and the first time at Boone Saloon. So the first time I ever played there, I was like, holy shit. Like, just saw one of my favorite bands play here like a year ago. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> that is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so jumping back on the other thing, and this, I, I don't know if you want to, I can cut this out or whatever, because right. I don't know what I'm about to ask, but do you, yeah. what relation are you to Jeff and Sherry Easter? It's somewhere, my dad's like cousins with them somehow. I don't know a lot about it, um, but I grew up listening to like, they were like, I guess part of like the whole Gaither thing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I know that we're, I'm related to them somehow. My, my dad used to talk about growing up. <laughs> yeah. So I was wondering if there's like much, be, mainly because you're actually in Easter and like oh, yeah. whatever. I was wondering if there was much, if you have much connection to that whole crowd, the whole gospel crowd there. Um, not the Easter brothers in particular, um, because the Easter's that I am related to, that they're still really related to that family. Um, they're all from Rockingham County. Okay. Um, and the Easter's, as in the Easter brothers, they're all from Surrey yeah. uh, and Mount Airy and all that. Um, but they're still a huge influence of gospel and bluegrass on the side of the family. It's, it's kind of insane. Um, there's a, uh, there's a time that I remember going to a family reunion one of the first times I ever saw a bluegrass jam. And I thought that was so cool. Mm. Um, and I wanted to be a part of it, but I didn't know how to play anything. I went and grabbed a, a plastic Pepsi bottle and like started like blowing on <laughs> like, like I was blowing through a jug. And then <laughs> my, uh, my uncle, uncle Rodney, he, um, he was like, I can get you something. And he got me like an actual whiskey jug, like, you know, like made of clay. And, uh, I still have that to this day. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that is real cool. Yeah, but every time I would go to a family reunion growing up, it would be a, like a bluegrass jam going on on that side of the family. 
So was that your intro to music? I think so. Um, some of it, uh, you know, so my parents, they uh, sang in the choir at church growing up mm. and stuff like that. Um, so that was kind of my main intro, I guess. Um, and then there was always music playing in my house. Yeah. Um, I never thought that I'd really do anything with music at all. Like growing up, I like my, my parents went to church and they would always try to get me to like go to like the children's choir and stuff. And I was like, nah, I'm like going outside and I'm skateboarding, you know, we're playing football. Um, so I never literally had no interest at all. And then in high school, I started writing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just reminded me of something that I, I think I had tried to get out of my memory, but, uh, same. I mean, my, my mom sang in the choir. Yeah. My dad was actually the drummer in the church I went to when I was like a young kid, yeah. uh, back when he like went to church. Anyway, one time, oh God, it just, I feel so much cringe even thinking about <laughs> it. My mom just had it in her head that she like, they had, they had asked me to sing in this trio or thing or whatever uh in church like in front of like a thousand people <laughs> and i was i was like i don't want to do it and my mom was like you're gonna do it <laughs> in my head that just meant now i have i have no choice but to do it yeah. like there's no conversation i right. can have and it was so fucking scary to me <laughs> like i i was shaking and yeah. i was like like backing off the mic and and I, then i just realized like seven years later you put a guitar in front of me and I like can't help but sing in front of people. Yep. But when I was like 15, it was the worst experience of my life. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. yeah. Yeah. Very little. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> God, it was a bad experience. So, so you, you grew up in the church, eh? I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Was it a, what kind of church was it? Uh, it was a Southern Baptist kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Um, yeah, and that's that's gosh, that, that, we can go on a, a tangent about that altogether. I feel like I, I'd like to hear. I mean, I, it's something that some some people don't really love to talk about, and uh, and it's no big deal. But yeah, I love to hear other people's journeys with it, especially because mine has been not awful, but right. I departed. Like it's so interesting to be raised to see the world through a lens, and then have to figure out whether or not you're going to keep that lens. You know? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So I don't know. What was your experience with all that? Uh, I mean, growing up, it was like. You know, we're going to church on Sunday and Sunday night and Wednesday for Wednesday suppers. And, you know, you're in, like, class for, like, in a, I don't know, an hour or so, like, Sunday class on a Wednesday night. Um, my mom also ran a daycare or preschool at the church. Uh, so I was there all the time, hmm. like, literally all the time. Uh, as I grow up, uh, like, when I got my license, I just kind of, like, stopped going quite as much there was some stuff like there was like a divide in the church that happened i feel like it happens a lot like somebody gets mad at somebody and then we're gonna start church over here and i like lost like best friends because of that and i was like this kind of sucks mm. you know um but you know I, I i still consider myself like a, a person of faith i just don't really i don't take on like the whole like uh southern baptist approach of it you know yeah. um yeah, just it's it seems a little too judgmental at times for me. I hear that. You know. Yeah. What parts if you don't mind me asking what I, and like I said, if I get to a territory that's no fun then just whatever, yeah. but what parts uh what parts do you keep? I think is is a question. Um man, it's like 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 love it, just loving folks. You know, that's that's huge. Like just to just love people because of who they are. That's the biggest thing. That's that's one thing that I like really has never really left me I don't think it's like 
even though I don't like read, go to church or anything. I like just loving folks is the biggest thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. And you feel like the, the religious, the Christian tradition or whatever is like a good way for you to derive that message or whatever. I, th- I think it is. I think it's, it could be one of many. Uh, it's, th- it's the one that I, I've kind of chosen, I guess. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like it's just kind of the perspective I have taken. Yeah. Yeah. I went like way the other way for a while Yeah, and, uh, have found myself at least on a, I think on a belief, le- not a, on a bit more like a behavioral level, right? Appreciating more of what Christianity means to people and what like, what those messages are yeah. and can be. Like, oh, I yeah. appreciate it more now than I have in a long time. Yeah, um, I think not as like loving people is part of that, but I think also I like um, I don't know. I think I got to give Christians some credit about just like how they if either they are in a good mood a lot of the time or they really know how to like pretend like they are, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. (laughs) Um, yeah, that is, that is very true. Um, I think one of my favorite things about like, like church and and all that was like the music, like Southern gospel music is some of it's just beautiful. I Mm -hmm. think, Oh my gosh. I was just listening to, uh, some doc Watson on the way down here, uh, some of his gospel tunes and they're just, man, they just, like they will almost bring you to tears sometimes, you know. Um, I think because he was he was very authentic uh, in general, and uh, like he just oozed his faith uh, and his music and his personality and how he treated people. Uh, and you, you definitely see that when he delivers that in music for sure. Yeah, uh, which is really cool. I think. Any favorite of those gospels come to mind? Um, let's see. Uh, what was the one I was listening to? I'm just drawing blank now. I have to put uh, you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, I can't remember it. <laughs> my, my favorite ones. One would be like Old Rugged Cross. I like. That oh one yeah, a that's lot. that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, be thou my vision. Yeah, it's probably the, one of the most beautiful melodies in yeah. existence. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I love that shit, and it's not even yeah. like. Uh, like I said, my dad was like a drummer in church, so like I, that was my kind of introduction to the whole thing. Was like right. how drums relate to gospel. Of course, it wasn't too long before they cut drums out. All they, they were like, drums don't belong in church. <laughs> it's so, too rock and roll. It's rock and roll. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it like predates predates everything. But yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that. So, so you know, like anyway, gospel music in general was like. Uh, probably my introduction into music and like introduction into melody beyond just drums or whatever. Uh, yeah. And yeah, uh, I think, I mean, like, I don't know from, from what I've heard of your music too. Like, I think that's what I, sometimes what I love so much about Americana roots music is that it like maintains some of that, like that old fashioned style of melody yeah. that, that isn't all, I don't know. That doesn't sound like modern music. Right. Yeah. S- sounds like that stuff. Right. Yeah. I, I can, you know, I think it, it came out of me, like, some of the, some of that just, like, it comes through my music, and I don't even know it, because uh, I have people that have, have told me, like, man, that, that song, um, Nostalgic Search, sounds like a gospel song, and I'm like, really? Because I didn't even realize that at all. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or um, when I recorded my, my first record, uh, the song Carolina Home, um, that kind of has, like, a gospel sort of feel to it. Um, it could be because my buddy just put keys behind mm. a lot of it, just kind of that drone of uh, the keys the whole time. But yeah, that, that one for sure to me 
unintentionally uh, kind of had that that sort of sound as well. Yeah. So you like that? You like maintaining some of that traditional shit? I guess. I think, yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. I think, I was thinking on the way down here, like, uh, just like about country music in general. Um, it's like, I don't know, like like the whole Nashville thing. Um, people have kind of stolen our culture and like making it their own thing mm. and twisting it to not even be authentic at all. Mm-hmm. Um, like just like, you know, people from the country, like, People live in Nashville now, and they write songs in a city, and talking about like living in the country. I'm like, guys, you know nothing about that at all, mm-hmm. at all. Uh, and that's that's my main thing is like, I, I want my music to be authentic. Like, I just want it to be who I am or what I think, you know. Um, and hopefully, you know, the biggest thing for me is to find relatability in music. Yeah. Uh, and if if I can put something out and somebody relates to it, my job is complete or, you know, it's, I'm doing what I want to do. Yeah. I hear you completely. Yeah. I, I, that is remember this phrase, Waylon Jennings, the way the phrase that people use, like uh, the way Waylon did it earlier in my podcast with Sam Foster, I forgot something I was going to ask him and it was, or something I was going to contribute to the conversation. And it was this, and I'm really glad <laughs> that we somehow found our way back yeah. to it. Uh, it has to do with that phrase. And also another thing I heard one time I was like, listen to the radio. Jason Aldean was being interviewed or whatever on some country station. Yeah. And it just really stood out to me because they were asking him about like his yard or something. And he was, they were, they asked him if he mowed his own yard and he said, Oh no, I pay somebody else to do that shit. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. There's something that bothers me about that. There's <laughs> yeah, a, right. Some I don't like about that shit. <laughs> and then, uh, the, doesn't and, he have the song called big green tractor? He, he, like, he does have that <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> he does have that. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> then there's that phrase that people use like, Oh, it's, it's all about the way that Waylon and Johnny did it and stuff. And it's like, like that also, uh, that this is what I was going to say to Sam is just how, how silly that is as an idea, like, like hit, like Jason Aldean's songs that are just all those songs that are like country life is you drive to a cornfield and you cut on Hank Williams and everyone parties. And I'm like, yeah. have you ever listened to a Hank Williams song? <laughs> it is You're not be crying by the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> People aren't like taking their shirts off and like, yeah. gu- like, yeah. you know, Guns. shotgun and beers. Maybe Hank Jr. <laughs> Hank Jr. Yes. <laughs> But even Johnny Cash, people aren't going to, you know, like, dong, 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 dong. It just doesn't, it's not the party vibe that people pretend that it is. It's just a big romantic, like, dream. It's a line in a song now is is all it is, which sucks because those guys are fantastic. And they, like, people are putting them to this one small part, just a line in the song, just to, like, you know, sound country. (laughs) Yeah, they've become cliches. Yeah. And it does suck. And they were yeah. like genuine artists, you know? Yeah. Um, so that to me is an example of what you're talking about. Just like, yeah. What, what culture are we talking about with country or whatever? Like, of course I, I'm not somebody who thinks that when you call something country music, that it should sound a particular way or whatever. It's I'm right. fine with it evolving, right? but I don't think that country music does do a good fair job of 
of like capturing that culture that you were just talking about, like the real culture of Southern or rural people, you yeah. know, of Southerners. Yeah. Um, I, I go to old time. That's country. That's where country originated. I think, uh, and, you know, it's, it's, that's where I, I go to with it. Um, it's just the music of just common folk. Um, and then that, that kind of turned into bluegrass. And then from there, kind of like, you know, the past 10 to 15 years, it's just exploded with many subgenres of all that. Um, but yeah, just to be like, to simply put, it's, it's the music of common folks. Yeah. Uh, is, is what I think, you know, folk, folk music. Um, and I, I kind of have the same, the same perspective. Like if somebody wants to go out there and make music that they call country, that I don't necessarily like or think sounds like country, that's fine. You know, we're all trying to make a make a dollar and make a living doing this. If you know, that's what we choose. Um but yeah, I uh I don't know. I kinda lost my train of thought with that, but <laughs> uh, no, it sounds like you're saying also you you're not necessarily judging the country people or whatever and yeah. I hear that. Yeah. So do you do, you know, I mean, you know, old time guys and bluegrass guys can be like, are you by the book old time? Oh God, no. No. Um, right. Songwriters tend not to be in yeah, my experience. Yeah. I, uh, so my first experience going to like going to a jam outside of that family, family reunion, uh, my buddy, uh, in high school, he and I started a band, uh, AJ Bennett, uh, really good person in general. One of the smartest guys I know. Um, he could pick up any instrument and just play it. Um, we, he and I both went to South Stokes, um, high school and, uh, we started this band called Hills and Hollers. Our first show I think was at, uh, Good Times Barbecue, mm. uh, up in, uh, Pilot Mountain. And, uh, <laughs> nice. yeah. And, um, we were at practice one day and he was like, man, there's a, there's a bluegrass jam going on over, uh, over at my neighbor's house. You want to go? And I was like, sure. Why not? He, and he, before we got there, he goes, you can't be playing that Avery Brothers shit. You, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, they judge you a lot. <laughs> yep. I was like, cool, fair enough. So yeah. Um, but so, yeah, that was my first experience. Like going to like a, like a true traditional jam and like having to like be by the book. Uh, since then, I, there's a jam that used to happen at Murphy's and Boone. Um, that's amazing. It's kind of a, just open jam, mm. not quite so traditional. Um, like some guys will just sit there and play blues licks the whole time. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I'm not traditional at all when it comes to music or when it comes to like country, I like, I, I pull from like old tradition, but I, I'm not, I'm not by the book at yeah. all. Um, I like, like you were saying earlier, music just evolves, mm -hmm. uh, as you know, artists evolve, people grow, um, and all that. And I think it's, I think it's cool to experiment at least. You yeah. Know? Um, you write words too, right? Yeah. I mean, so like that's, you can't, you can't add words to word, you know, like those pastimes are so, those songs already exist, you know, yeah. and then bluegrass did something else with them. And, right. And whatever. And yeah, it's like, they, they don't want <laughs> like that. I, I don't think blue, do they even consider like when somebody say like uh Tony Rice or somebody would write, an album do they even can they don't consider that bluegrass do they because it's not traditional songs i don't know that it's it, it just really depends on who you ask mm. too um but yeah because that's it's funny that you say that because like it's like he's like the the one like bluegrass guy that like everybody like really mimics picking yeah now you go to a jam and like somebody's trying to do 
like Tony Rice licks oh, yeah. every time, <laughs> which they sound amazing. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that in my mind, that's what it was. It was almost like the songs they are frozen in time. Yeah. Uh, and so there's no music being added to those genres. And so when you're a songwriter, when you're in the business of writing words, you can't contribute anything to old time music. All you yeah. can do is be influenced by it. Yeah, but exactly. First time I went to a jam, it was kind of awkward in a way because, like, for some people, they don't even seem to think about how old time people can be. And they're like, do a song. And I'm like, this is a party where everybody knows all of these songs and you, you can just say, whatever yeah by the banks of the ohio or or sally yeah. whoever yeah. or mur murder whatever and like they all know the murder song. an old-time song no way. <laughs> <laughs> they all know it they all know what key it's in and they yeah. all know how to play it already yeah so then when i'm like trying to think of something I, I i was like okay i can play angel band so i was like all right i'll play angel band and i do it and then after the song i'm, I'm noticing throughout that there's like an upright basis that's kind of looking at me funny and then at the, after the song, he's like, there's not supposed to be a six there. And I was like, okay, fuck. Yeah, like, yeah. this is how I played it. Whatever. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the rules, you yeah. know? So I'm not really in the game, in the, in the club. Oh yeah. Side note. Mm -hmm. uh, one of those gospel songs just came to mind. Oh yeah. That you were asking about earlier. Uh, Beulah Land. I oh, think yeah. it's one of the most beautiful songs ever. Yeah. As you, you, uh, when, when you were talking about that, that, that just popped into my head. But yeah, Beulah Land is like one of my favorites. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm a songwriter and I taught myself how to play. I don't know. Like, I, I've been in this, this band that I'm in now for a year, this new configuration. And uh, some of the guys, you know, went to school for music and they were like, you need to do this, this and this. And I'm like, dude, I write songs. And I taught myself how to play guitar. I know zero about theory, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's to be a, a songwriter going to jams like that can be kind of, kind of interesting. Um, just because as songwriters, I think we tend to just want to put our influence on our own thought into a song as well, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and yeah, it, it can be really hard to, to go to those jams and, and, and try to really fit in. Cause yeah. I, cause I, I, when I go to jams, I like I throw some licks in there. I don't like pick that well, um, but I'll throw some licks in there and all that. Uh, I tend to just uh, bring you know try to bring the songs that everybody's gonna like you know know. And I I will say that I I bring a lot of energy to jams. Uh, my buddies told me that like there's there's another one that goes on the boon now, um, and he he's always like man like you kind of like got us going. And I don't know if it's just you know uh singing or uh the energy i have like just playing rhythm because i do play fairly loud mm -hmm. so you know uh I, I feel like when you play loud everybody else is gonna like want to play loud with you yeah so yeah i've heard I, I remember when i would hang out in Asheville. some <laughs> i would see a lot of young old timers it happens a lot now yeah yeah i mean i would especially think around boone that must be a thing just because of dot or whatever but yeah uh is so is there a pretty healthy uh community of young old timers out there um somewhat i think um there's not as much as i would like for there to be you know uh as i hope for there to be but um there are a few there are a few out there um this jam that i go to now every once in a while um 
there there's some young folks coming out to it, which is really cool. Um, it's it kind of gives you hope yeah. for uh, for the tradition of you know folk and bluegrass and old time and all that. Yeah, yeah. I don't get. I mean, I know that there's a couple of people around here and like up in Westfield that are in that community, but yeah. Uh, as far as I know, I mean, well, there is a big old time party that goes out goes on up in Westfield, but uh, I think a lot of those people are like traveling to. Uh, traveling from, Grove or yeah, or up your way or that goes on after the Gaylag. Mount Airy Fiddlers Convention, doesn't it? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's what I was thinking. Uh, when I used to work at the Heron, uh, Green Heron, uh, you used to always, work there. Yeah, I managed that for two years before what? I quit. Yeah, when? 2017 and 18. Huh. Yeah. I guess that. I mean, I guess I was playing it in like 2000 when they first opened up. Yeah. 14. Or 15, I was on. A, I think maybe? I went on a date one night and. uh I saw you guys playing there. Oh, really? Mistaken. Yeah, with the, with the trio. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. shit. That's, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know. I mean, like, where did you live around here? Uh, I lived in like Walnut Cove, Pine Hall area. Okay. Um, and then I, I actually worked there for gosh, I worked at the the Dan River Company right out of high school. Um, okay. I'm yeah. all confused. I thought Pine Hall was a different place. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yeah, that's like right on the Rockingham Stokes line. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I worked over there for like seven years at the sister company to the Green Heron, the Dan River Company. Uh-huh. Uh, that was like a summer job that turned into like seven years worth of work. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, uh, and then I turned 21 and, uh, you know, Dave, the owner, he was like, you're 21 yet? You want to bartend? And I was like, sure, why not? <laughs> and uh, so I bartended during the summers because I would move away for school because um, I moved to Wilkes County for a while and moved back for the summers and then moved to Boone to go to App State. Um, and then, uh, yeah, like I, I think I bartended there for four years and managed it for two of those four years and then left. Um, they really don't have music anymore, unfortunately. That's what I heard. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I've been going out to the arts place out there some yeah. and doing some stuff out there. Yeah. I was like doing, I was booking some shows out there trying to liven some things up. Right. I don't think that that was the, I don't think that's the necessarily the road for me, but yeah. um, I love what they've done out there with the arts place. But anyway, yeah, yeah. that's what I'd heard that green Heron kind of, that wasn't really their focus right yeah. now. Yeah. He's, they're just like beer and wine. That's it. Which is cool. That, that, that works for him. I think he might've been losing some money on music too. So yep. <laughs> yeah. Aren't we all? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, speaking of, what, what I don't know. I'd be interested to hear what your vision is, I think, for what you want out of it. Like, because, yeah. I don't know, just interesting to hear different perspectives on that these days. Yeah. Um, just as a, as a like career in general in music or what? Yeah, I guess. Like, what do you, I don't know. What, what are some of your bucket list things with music? Um. You know, I, I think it's every musician's dream, or at least a songwriter's dream, to like go full time. Um, and I'm really trying to work towards that. Uh, we're looking for like we're kind of shopping for labels and stuff right now to see if you know. I've I've never been one to like really want to be on a label. I'm a little hard headed and independent, and I'm just like I'm going to do what I want to because that's what I want to do. And my drummer is kind of like he's like, man, we can get some money, and I'm like, all right, cool. We'll try it out, you know, um, but really just just be full time and play, you know, um, and not have to play all the time. Yeah. You know, be able to play and take some time off to write because right now, oh, my gosh, 
between working in carpentry and playing and booking and practicing, there's little time for writing. So, um, you know, back in 2020, I, I think I wrote, I, I stayed working pretty consistently, consistently in carpentry uh, in 2020, but, um, I did have a lot more time. I, I think I played like maybe seven shows that year and that was it. Hmm. Um, but I did, I, I did some writing then. That's kind of the, the product we're going to be putting out hopefully in the next year. Uh, some of those songs. Um, but yeah, I just want to make a living doing this. And, you know, uh, I've, I've come to accept it's It's, it's hard. It's going to be really hard to actually make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it does happen, that's fantastic. That's the, the main goal. And if it doesn't, maybe it just wasn't in the cards for me, you know? Um, and yeah. So I, I'm always like, music is always gonna be part of my life. And, um, I'll always write. I feel like, you yeah. Know? But as soon as it comes to the point where I don't enjoy it anymore, I think it's it's time to quit. Um, but still enjoy it. Making making pretty decent moves right now. Like uh, never thought that I'd ever play Merle Fest. It was a huge dream of mine. Um, that that I think I made like an Instagram post about it. Like a few days after, like it can't like Merle Fest was full circle for me where I'm at in my life right now mm. um, because. I went to Merle Fest, unfortunately, the year that, like, first year Doc wasn't there. Um, and I went there, thought it was really cool. I think I went back the next year, and uh, I was like, man, I bet Wilkesboro is just like, this is going to be Wilkesboro all the time. And uh, <laughs> it's not yeah. at all. <laughs> um, and my aunt and uncle uh, just so happened to move up there um, that summer. And they were like, hey, uh, you're kind of at a weird point in your life. Like, that's just weird mental state uh, with me. I'd quit school and all that. Um, it's like some family issues. They were like, hey, you want to come up here and live? If you go to school, we'll like, you know, you can live here. I was like, sweet. Um, and so, for, you know, but if it wasn't for Millfest, I wouldn't know nothing about Wilkesboro hmm. at all. Um, and so I moved there and then um, graduated from Wilkes Community College went to App State and that's, you know, the reason I'm in Boone now. Um, but if it wasn't for, like, literally if it wasn't for Merle Fest, I wouldn't be in Boone. I wouldn't know all the folks that I know now and like have the opportunities that I've had in the industry. Um, so yeah, that, that was kind of cool to like have that come full circle and play like one of the, the biggest dreams of mine so far. Yeah. Uh, and all that. So that was pretty sweet. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. I saw like, there was a bunch of, there's a bunch of locals, like people I'm connected to. It was crazy, to. dude. Yeah. Yeah. It was like you, I saw, like in one day, I was like, it was like you, Caleb Cottle, his and hers, and maybe somebody else that was all Mason. like. Mason. Vi. Mason Vi. Yeah. It's like all these people that just been floating around life for so long. Yeah. At Merle Fest. Yeah. It's like, fuck. <laughs> I missed the boat on this shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because I like, I texted Mason that day and I was like, he's probably just like too busy like to hang out and. Uh, and all that, but I, I texted him. I was like, "Hey, man, where you at? Uh, you want to hang out?" And he was like, "Dude, meet me at the fountain, and uh, on campus there at Wilkes Community College." And uh, Old Crow did like a busk like show right there at the fountain. Really? It was incredible. Damn. It was really cool. Yeah, that's baller as shit. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I mean, did people like were people freaking out about that? Well, what's funny is like you know I knew about it. Yeah, 
uh, like Mason's mom was there and uh, a few of our friends. So we all were like just kind of hanging out. Um, and they started playing. It was just like in no time. People were just, it was just like probably 100 people there. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. That's it what was, I was kind of wild. <laughs> that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a big deal, man. And so I heard that your new band is pretty uh, kick ass. Like who all who all are you playing with? Um, right now we Maybe have not new band, but you know your yeah, band. Yeah, the new new configuration. Yeah. Um, yeah. So right now I have uh, a guy playing drums for me. He's kind of the one that started all this. And I, like, what's funny is I'll, I'll kind of start with my story with him. I put out a record in 2019. He hit me up like a week later and was like, "Hey man, I live in Boom. Blah 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 blah. I want to record with you. I want to work with you." And I was like, "I don't know who you are, dude." Like. Screw off. And uh, then uh, I ended up, like, meeting him. I was at Boone Saloon seeing my buddies play. He was like, you're Will, right? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, I'm Gabe. I emailed you, like, a year ago. <laughs> 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 and, um, we ended up, like, becoming, like, really good friends. Um, I was recording a rec- – like uh, I planned on it being an EP. Now it's going to be a, a full record uh, with my buddy – uh, Dylan Evans, who's a uh, uh, electronic artist, mm. uh, he now lives in uh, Pittsburgh. But I was recording that with him and Boone. It was like gave me like a three or four song EP, and then Gabe hit me up. He was like, "Hey man, still looking to like you know uh, record some stuff if you want to." I was like, "Right now, I'm, I've got a project going on. I'll come to your place and do some demos. Nothing too serious." And uh, we got there, and. Um, he had a few buddies he was in a band with already who he had like they were gonna be like the studio guys and um turned out to sound pretty cool mm. and i was like the more i got into it i was like hey like let's make a record of like these older songs that i have and uh and we did and yeah it's it was it was a really fun project to work on um but if it wasn't for him i wouldn't like have the guys that i'm playing with now but that's gabe jones he's from high point uh originally he lived, now lives in boone uh, Everett Domena, he's the, the bass player for us. Um, and then Blake Bostain, he plays um, mandolin and trumpet. Uh, and every time like he breaks a trumpet out, like people at the show are just like, "What?" <laughs> you know, like it's 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 always pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and we've kind of been between uh, lead guitarists um, for a minute now. Um, we had a guy working with us last summer, uh, Jordan Lamb. He's another Boone guy, um, and then he uh, has another project going on that he's really focusing attention on. Um, and so we had another guy, uh, Bobby Frith, from down in Chapel Hill, uh, playing for us, and just trying to schedule practice for a guy that lives three hours away was a nightmare. So mm-hmm. uh, we just had to, like, yeah, we kind of parted ways back in February, I guess. Uh, and then Jordan filled in for like Merle Fest and Chicory and all that. And now he's kind of out uh, doing his own thing with Adam Church again. Um, and we're working with a, uh, a kid from down in Statesville, I think, Nate Harris. He's He just played his first show with us last night um, and all that. So yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So do you know, like, okay, do you know when this record is going to come out? I don't. Okay. We're uh, still trying to decide where we want to record at. Um, my buddy has a place in Blairsville, Georgia, um, that anything that's come out of there sounded pretty cool so mm. far. Uh, Jacob Davis Martin is his name. Uh, it, yeah, so that, that's an option. 
Uh, I really want to talk to Doug Williams a little bit yeah. about recording there. That just seems like a really cool spot, and a lot of my friends have recorded there, and it, like stuff that comes out of it sounds really cool. Yeah. You know? Um, He's a cool dude. Yeah. I think I met him like once at the Reeves, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, yeah, he uh, he seems to be a big supporter of a lot of the Winston or North Carolina music people because, I, I, like, he follows, like, me on Instagram and all that. And I see he, like, follows a lot of other, like, local folks. So yeah. that's really cool to have, like, somebody like him to support For sure. what we're all doing. Yeah. Know? I mean, he really seems to give a shit. And he, like, yeah. interacts with most things that I post and, like, is very encouraging, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's just a, it seems like he really gives a shit about yeah. it. Which is pretty sweet. But yeah. yeah. He's worked with, like, some pretty big names. Yeah. You know. <laughs> some pretty big ones. Yeah. Some pretty big North Carolina ones, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's cool, man. I mean, it's exciting. It sounds like there's just a lot of energy around what you're doing, a lot of excitement, a lot of good things, a lot of good momentum behind you right now. Yeah. I, I So when I realized that was the weekend of Merle Fest, um, uh, I was like, oh, wow. Like, because, you know, you're at a festival and you're like, man, we're about to go party. And like, I think I may have had like three beer, beers at Merle Fest the whole time. I was in like, like show mode or like game mode. Like literally the day we had the band competition, I was like, this feels like I'm going to like a football championship right now. Yeah. And, and all that. Um, and just, I had the energy and I like, I, uh, I was telling the guys I was, I was being coached the whole week leading up to that. I was like, guys, we've got this, like, we're going to crush it. You know, all that. You just trying to be positive. And, uh, yeah, I was just like, man, we're going to win this before we even play the competition. Like you have to have that in your mind. Uh, at least that's what I was telling myself, you know? Yeah. Um, and then we did that. And then, the momentum with, with uh with Shakori too and like yeah it's funny because you know you hang up with a bunch of musicians at a, at a festival you think you're gonna like drink and party the whole time and the, the past two festivals I've been like don't really feel it like I'm, I'm here for a job mm-hmm. you know and uh just try to be professional about it you know um but yeah I, I, like I think the biggest thing that's helped us energy wise and buzz wise is I'm bound and determined just to stay busy my perspective is you stayed in front of a lot, like enough people. You get in front of enough people. People are eventually going like, to like recognize your name and listen to you. You know, you have to have a good product too. But, um, like, yeah, it's just stay busy. Uh, going back to American Aquarium, I think I was listening to a podcast one time, and BJ said that they played like 300 shows one year. And I was <laughs> like, Christ. what? Like, that's <laughs> insanity. Uh, and I kind of took that approach this past, like, summer. I was like, I'm just going to play all I can uh, and all that. But. I'm kind of getting to the point now where we're like, all right, let's uh, rewind a little bit, you know, <laughs> yeah. not try to not shoot for 300 shows. <laughs> that's a lot of shows. That's, that's, that's an insane amount of shows. I mean, I don't know how you do that unless you play two or three shows every, you know, Thursday through Saturday or yeah. something. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, and I've, I've had years, I had two years or one in particular where I played a shit ton of shows. I yeah. played every, every Friday, Saturday and like yeah. probably most Thursdays or Sundays or something. Yeah. yeah. Plenty of Tuesdays or something thrown in, but right. that is ungodly. Yeah. 300. Yeah. I couldn't imagine doing that's that. That's like Bon Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think Bon Jovi would have to play that many shows, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. He's come up on multiple podcasts now. <laughs> Old Bon. Dude, uh, bon, who bon. opened for him uh, recently? Um, Crenshaw, right? I have no idea. I think I think Crenshaw Pentecostal opened up for huh. for him recently. I don't know. I know he does like a some kind of credit card commercial or does something. Does he? 
I'm not. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> fuck Bon Jovi. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Though I, I'm having the opposite experience, though, and so I don't know. It, it might just be. It might be some work ethic that's lacking at the same time. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really interested in playing 300 shows in a year, kind of yeah. like what you were just saying. But I am trying to like kind of raise. I don't really have the bargain in chips, so I think I've kind of got a bad plan, maybe. But I'm trying to raise the bar on what type of shows I play because I I don't want to play bars. Right. I don't want to play sports bars. I yeah. don't want to fucking be. I don't want to be doing three hour sets or whatever. They're the worst. So <laughs> I'm I work with a booking agent, and I'm like, yeah. let's fucking try to get me just exclusively in listening rooms and like house concerts and yeah. like places where people treat it with dignity and where I'm not having right. to do the bullshit. Right. And it's tough. Uh, it's tough. I, I like just, I played a show. I guess I could say this and it doesn't seem too whack, but I played a show up in Richmond at a place that I really, really loved and like really felt connected with. And like the audience seemed to really feel connected with me and the buyer I saw after the show and I was like, it was great. And thank you for having me. And they were like, yeah, I think these people will come back next time you're in town or whatever. So I felt all good about that. Uh, we reached out like two weeks ago, like, Hey, follow up date. It's been a while. And they were like, Oh yeah, you sold like not very many tickets at all when you played here. So, uh, oh, well. basically go fuck yourself. Yeah. And I was like, shit, man, like <laughs> that's not good. My agent was like, this is what happens when you try to do these gigs without doing the bars. It's like you, you can potentially burn bridges if you're not selling tickets or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, maybe my plan is fucked, but I just don't want to play 120 shows that I hate. You right. know? Yeah. Like I could do that. Right. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Gosh, I, I'm getting to the point where like somebody says like three hours for a show, and I'm like, nope, I need more money if I'm going to do that. Yeah. You know? Um, and yeah, because those are not fun. Because. You're going to have to, like, if you're playing a bar show for three hours, you're going to have to play songs you don't want to play, you know? Um, and I'm not a big fan of that. At all. Being yeah. a songwriter, I'm like, and, you know, I, I've I've kind of come around to that a little bit more because I know you you have to throw people bones, you know? You have to play them something at least they know um, and all that. Um, but, it, yeah, uh, the perspective I used to have uh, with playing, and I, I had that from the beginning when I was playing like good times barbecue and like, uh, I forgot the name of the place in Walnut Cove. Like, it was like the first time I ever like played in public. Um, I always had the, the perspective of like, Hey, fuck you. I'm going to play what the hell I want to play. And that's going to be the show. And I had that, that view for gosh, five years. And I still do. Like I, I'm still going to play the stuff that I, I actually enjoy. Um, and, but like it, when it's, you know, when you're playing to a, a sports bar, which I usually don't play to a sports bar at all. I, I like I'll avoid those at all costs. If one of them hits me up and offers me enough money, yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, it's it, it, I don't know. If you're gonna make some money, I, I've kind of seen like you're gonna have to play a couple of those songs, but I don't like to do it. So yeah, yeah. I don't either. And yeah. uh, I did used to do it, and yeah. it was fine. And I I usually could make the set list how I wanted it to be. So if right. I was doing covers, uh. It was, you know, it was shit that made sense, like Neil Young or like, uh, yeah. And then, I mean, I would throw in songs like, by I never did something that was so mainstream or what, like, not mainstream, so generically appealing that I felt like I was giving away what yeah. I was doing it for. Because yeah. anything I played, I always like want, like, 
I liked the song. Yeah, you know? yeah. If you if you if you like it, you're gonna play it well. Yeah. You if know? you and I can't even learn a song that I don't like. You yeah. know, that's what makes weddings yeah. so hard. Right. <laughs> yeah. I've I've done it once or twice, but I usually have to have the words with me because I cannot memorize right. a song that yeah. I don't give a fuck about. Yep. <laughs> it's so hard. It's like, man, I think the, the you know the biggest one right now is you walk into a bar and you hear like Tennessee whiskey, and I'm like, dude, if I have to hear this song one more time in a bar. I'm yeah, gonna, like, bang my head up against the wall. Yeah, <laughs> and like I, I really have love for Stapleton, but that one's one where he's like, "Man, just calm down. Like, just calm down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> just, we know you're really good at singing, but yeah. just calm down yeah. a second." <laughs> I, I do. I like the shit out of him, though. Oh, dude, I, I love his stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. I just heard that song way too many times. Yeah. <laughs> so, what was your first show like? Uh, my first show, um, I guess you could really, you could technically say this is my first show. Uh, I, I think it was called like, like Ma's or Omas and a coffee shop in Walnut Cove. Um, my buddy AJ was playing and he invited me to come to it. And I was like, cool. Yeah. And like, he was like doing a set break or something. And he was like, will you play music? Get up here. And I was like, nope. <laughs> And I got, like, he eventually, like, convinced me to get up there. And uh, I, like, I, I've, it was the first time I've, like, ever experienced, like, butterflies. I played football, never really got football, like, butterflies before a football game. But then I did, and I was, like, like just, like, like shaking a little bit and just nervous. Um, but from then on, I was, like, I want to do this. Like, after that night, I was, like, I, I have to do this. It's going to fulfill me in some sort of way. Yeah. And, uh Yeah. So that was that was kind of my first show. The second show I ever played, um, I think, was a Good Times Barbecue, and that was really cool. Um, you know, you whenever you play your first show near your hometown, everybody comes out. Like when you're first starting out, uh, and like we we played at Good Times, and like people from like Rockingham County hmm. drove to Surrey County to see us, and I was like, yes rock and roll like this is this is like this is like gonna be it forever you know like everybody's always with your shows and then you play a few other shows and you're like oh cool we've seen you before yeah you know <laughs> yep. and it's, it's funny now because man like i like i'm from Walnut cove and like the madison area uh and i play there now and like, nobody comes out mm-hmm. it's the funniest thing i have to play in winston for people from that area to come see you Interesting. It's weird. It's so there weird. is something psychological about yeah. that. It's some kind of weird thing, man. Like yeah. people just, it, I, it, it's just weird. It's like uh, people just is when they, there's something not special about you being where you're from or, yeah. where, or where they expect you to be. I don't yeah. fucking know. Yeah. I'm like, I'm running in that a little bit in town right now. Like yeah. there's some people that come to see me, but uh, I mean, people are, people are way more. I think the people who do come to see me when I'm on the road are way more into it than yeah. like, Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a modest Yahoo lyric that I kind of relate to sometimes. I think it's, that's how it goes. It's like, yeah, I'm a stranger in like my homeland or something like that. Mm. I'm like, dude, yeah, totally relatable. Yeah. <laughs> like one hit wonder in my, like the Avit song. Like, oh yeah. I was a one hit wonder in my own hometown. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, my first show was exactly like what you just described. It was somewhere up there in Patrick County. I think it was like the one the one place that is in Patrick County yeah. where everybody goes. Right. Uh my buddy Chris can remind me of the name. I don't remember the fucking name, but my buddy, an old buddy of mine from Walnut Cove was playing out there. He let me jump up during his set break. That was the first time I ever sang 
into a microphone in a room. And it was pretty nerve-wracking, and I didn't have a beard back then, and a uh, different person. I don't think I'd, like, remember you not having a beard. I know. I don't either. <laughs> I, re- I don't either. <laughs> I've had one since I was, since the day I graduated high school. I you were going to say the day you are born. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> that would be epic. I should, I should write that in my bio. <laughs> No, oh my gosh. I stopped. I, I refused to to, sh- to shave my face after I graduated high school. After going to a Christian school, oh, I had yeah. to shave in school oh, or yeah. whatever. But uh, I did that, and then what we did was <laughs> a guy, <laughs> a guy, uh, <laughs> a guy I was buddies with worked at Taco Bell and King, and he worked it out so we could the one of the gas stations. The, yep, exactly. <laughs> and we worked it out to where. We would start playing there on like Tuesday afternoons, <laughs> and the deal was we could buy tacos at the same price as everybody else. So <laughs> we just played music there at like Tuesday afternoons. <laughs> it was, I mean, it's so ridiculous to think about now what the hell we thought we were doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and then there was like Juice and Java was the coffee shop in King. Oh right, yeah. So then when when I first got booked there, that was like, oh shit, we made it. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> we did it, boys. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're, we're big time on top of the world. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So that was where I did most of my teeth cutting was at that coffee shop. Yeah, coffee shops and barbecue restaurants. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's that's really where I, where I got my start. Also, if you want to play a show at taco bell now they have the cantina shows they actually do that they do wait what are these cantina shows uh i guess people just play shows like it's in like nashville which is like not ideal but uh huh. yeah they're so you might have started something back in the day well hell <laughs> holy hell uh yeah man i mean that i'll just play for free baja blast there dude yeah man why not <laughs> Hook me up. Yeah. In in uh, Bojangles up in King, they used to do a bluegrass jam on like Thursday nights or oh, something. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think the one the the Hardys in Madison used to do that. Really? Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know they you were never allowed ex- to do that. Yeah, you never expect to see it there. No. <laughs> it's like such a commercial play. Like a yeah. It's like it's a corporate environment. What yeah. are we? What? Yeah. But it's cool. I mean, hell, if it's getting people to go to music. Yeah, why not? They might be doing better, you know, than some, than like some bars are. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the big Thursday night with the bluegrass jam. No right? kidding. <laughs> bluegrass all and kinds chicken. Of burgers. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Burger King. We haven't we haven't cornered that market Oof. yet, so maybe we should try that out. Or BK. the uh, or the Japanese restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. Man, that's funny. Um <laughs> Anywho, what do you want to talk about? I've been asking you all the things. I don't know what. Yeah, <laughs> Ooh, man, throwing a lot at you. Yeah, um, I don't know what you've been doing music-wise. <laughs> music-wise, uh, I just—I mean, like I say, I—I I actually I've been—I've been recording two albums with two other artists. Okay. Uh, so I haven't been recording myself lately. I've—that's something I'm like chomping at the bit to get back to doing. Um, I'm working a lot. Yeah, and I'm like really anticipating the time when things will calm down. I'm like really hoping that'll show up soon. Um, Same. And and when that happens, I hope to get to recording some stuff. But the big thing is just like I, I'd really love to be finding more shows. That's what I yeah. hope will start happening. Um, and like I've mentioned on, uh, I've mentioned this a lot on this podcast. I mentioned it to you as soon as you got here. Uh, 
my mind is just obsessed with like, I have to build, like it's very field of dreams in my head right now. It's very like, if you build a stage, musicians will keep coming to the podcast and then you can start like doing something else. And, uh, I just, I want to play shows so bad and I want my friends to play shows so bad that are fun. And so I just, I'm like, well, I'll just do that here. And like, like a day like today, mm-hmm. I would love it if you came over and instead of it being like quick, if it was more like a planned out thing and like you could play a set and there were people here to see it and yeah. shit like that. That's what I am really looking forward to trying to figure out how to execute. Yeah. That'd yeah. be sick. I think it would That'd be. be really cool. Yeah. I, uh, you know, back in, back in 2020 when not many shows are going on, I, uh, started these live Instagram shared like things and all that. And that kind of spawned an idea to like start a podcast and all that, uh, that just never came to be, but yeah, glad somebody like you is, uh, is doing one. I love it. I, yeah. I really love it. Um, what, I mean, what was your, what were you thinking about the podcast? Like, did you have a particular angle or are you just going to like kind of do the free form thing like I'm doing? Kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, just get on, you know, talk about what, what you've been doing. Uh, I'd really like pull, I pulled a lot of influence like Joe Pug, you know, like the working songwriter kind of, kind yeah, of podcast yeah, yeah. and all that. Um, but also like, I, I, I would like for like people to like, you know, perform, you know, a few songs on it too, just to, you know, for people that listen to the podcast and haven't necessarily listened to them yeah, to, you know, hear that and hear their product. Yeah. 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 I need to do, I need to figure out my angle on how to do that, on how to like, promote other people's music more because right now it's just kind of all about the thing but it's like so it is so it takes a lot of it takes many hours to do the the video component to this thing so i can only imagine dude i i gotta figure it out but that's awesome man i think uh if you did it you'd probably enjoy it i've found it to be like very socially rewarding and also like very fucking like therapeutic oh yeah just to talk through these like these hardships, these weird ideas that you and I might have as songwriters and musicians and stuff. Yeah. To do that with somebody who actually can relate to it and shit, it's just re- it's just like really added something to my uh, to my brain to my oh, psyche. Yeah. You know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's. I, I could see you doing that. Yeah, I, I uh, when I was in school, they were like at App State, they were like, man, you need to be a teacher, you need to be a professor. You got the gift of gab, and I'm like, like really. I'd- I don't see it, but okay. <laughs> but I, I can't, seriously could like sit there and talk to people for like, if it's a it's, you know good conversation, sit there and talk for hours. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you and I don't know each other for shit. But, yeah, uh, you seem pretty easy to talk to me. I think you yeah. could do it probably. Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad you brought up the uh, quarantine shit though, because I, I like I didn't even think about that. But um, was that like a big? Were you gigging a lot at the time, and was that like a big hit for you? Like when shit shut down? So, I think in 2019, I played close to 70 shows. Um, and I was, you know, already planning for 2020, booking shows and all that. Um, and went from, like, just nothing, you know. Um, which is kind of wild. Um, I think I maybe played three shows right before... Uh, Everything started, and then it's three or four shows. And then, like, that summer, when you can, like, do stuff outside, I did a few shows then. But other than that, it was, like, nothing to 2020 show-wise. Um, and it was weird. Um, what was nice, though, is I 
for the longest time in 2019, I was like, I should kind of take a little time, time off. I got it for yeah. a year, you know, <laughs> got a lot. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was kind of, you know, it was kind of nice, but also it did suck. Um, obviously, you know, suck for everybody, but, um, yeah, I had an album come out from it though. Um, started working on that record in 2020 and finally came out in 2021. So that was, that was pretty nice. Hell yeah. Um, and then, you know, wrote some songs. Um, I lived in this place out in Deep Gap by myself, like a 500 square foot uh, studio apartment. Hmm. And it was, uh, you know, at times during, during like quarantine and all that, like it was pretty lonely, but like also like I just had a lot of time to myself and time to like just think about what I really did want yeah. and all that. So, yeah, and then I hear that. time to write as well. And did you write? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I uh, There's a few songs that I wrote uh, that last summer, or two summers ago now. And um, one was about, like, you know, uh, being some somebody that's, that's giving your all in a situation uh, and somebody just not even appreciated it at all. For me, in particular, it was about the, the guy that I worked for at the time. Uh, and the song's called uh, My Good Enough Ain't Good Enough For You. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of like just a big middle finger to the person that, like, yeah. doesn't appreciate what you're doing and that you know for me it was work wise for somebody else that listens to it it could be a relationship or you know whatever it may be or the music industry yeah you know? <laughs> yeah for sure I, I I didn't I was so fucked up in the head at the time I didn't uh, write yeah. very much until yeah. like I don't know what this means it's just I've heard I've heard some writers talk about how they need uh, they need to be influenced by life to like have things to write about, you know, right. like they don't want to isolate themselves in a cabin and just like write ideas. Right. And I think I relate to that and I'm like pretty extroverted and I'm often like really affected by the people in my life. That's mm -hmm. like fuel for, yeah. for what I'm writing. So being put in isolation and being around like the five people that live here other than me yeah. was just like, and, and believing that the world was over for yeah. a spell. I was just right. like, I have, I, there's no such thing as art. There's no such thing yeah. as anything. There's yeah. no such thing as being alive anymore. Right. Like there's nothing to do. When I finally got a job again and started like observing life again in a new way, then I started writing a lot. But yeah, it's, sometimes when I think back on that quarantine time period, I'm just like, wow, I couldn't, I couldn't record. I couldn't write. I couldn't yeah, fucking couldn't like look at anything. Yeah. To music. And I, I, I could have done so much with that time, but I also couldn't have done so much with that because yeah, there was just nothing going on because I, I i'm the same way I, I i pull from my experience in life and what i see and experience and just that's what i put out and yeah so i could totally see where you're coming from with that yeah but <clears throat> it sounds like you managed to like in at least at some point make yeah. the most of the time that was available to right, you which yeah. is like fucking great yeah yeah i wish i could have done the same but, you know, what? once I did start working, I did write some pretty cool shit that yeah. I'm excited to release. I still have cool. yet to, to put much of it out. But uh, in addition to that, I mean, the, the whole quarantine thing, like it did for most people, it might have for you too, just it really changed my perspective on a lot of shit, um, on, on my priorities, on like yeah. music, yeah. on the fact that music ought to be a priority to me. Right. On work, on... Uh, goals in my life on right. mortality itself like yeah. it just it fucked up my whole view of everything oh yeah has that been your have do you relate to that at all i a little bit yeah yeah um 
because you know, like you were saying, we we thought the world was kind of coming to a close. It felt like, you know in that particular time. So, um, and like I said, I was not really excited for the situation, but I see I saw an opportunity to have time off, and I was like, sweet, <laughs> yeah. But after a month, I was like. Oh my God, dude, I just want to play again. Yeah. You know? Um, so it, it really did make me appreciate playing um, a lot. Yeah. I think that's the reason I just went, have gone full bore back into doing it, you know, playing all the time. Um, I think that's why I'm trying to as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, you, you know, you, you have, if, if that's what you know, that's, you know, for me, it's, it's one of the things that I know that, like, I think is my purpose here. It keeps me sane. Uh, and, if it's taken away from you, like it sucks a lot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It sucks a lot. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely made me appreciate being able to go out and play and, you know, just put what I, I experience and think and perceive from the world out there. You know, that's, that's huge for me. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel that completely, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, similarly, it, like even before, before this whole experience, like working a full-time job too, I think I, I realized after the fact that that same longing for music that I had had it already when I sort of let this job and stuff kind of fill its place in my life. Mm -hmm. And I, I let myself kind of not let music, I let myself kind of make, allow music to not be as high a priority. And, yeah. and, uh, quarantine like really really like I think it was something like realizing that even the thing that I interpreted as like the secure path that was supposed to be a justifiable replacement for my ambition to play music even that can just vanish yeah. even, even that can just get pulled right out from under you so what yeah. the fuck is the point of sacrificing <laughs> right. the thing that you want to do yeah you know uh, that was like a pretty bitter pill a pretty like yeah. depressing epiphany to have yeah. but you know, that's just how life is sometimes. Yeah. So <laughs> how we're dealt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you pretty like, you consider yourself like a pretty optimistic, positive person? Oh yeah, definitely. I try to see the, the bright light and just about anything. See, is that everybody. a conscious, is that like a conscious choice? I guess that's the answer. Probably not. Because <laughs> I, I can't think of like, you know, being like, yeah. You know, sometimes I think it is a very conscious choice. Um, but yeah, like, like, I, I feel like you can kind of deal with the situation, uh, positively and that, that affects the outcome a lot of the time, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, and that, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to feel good instead of pessimistic. Now I'm a very realistic person too, but I, I try to stay, you know, fairly positive about stuff for the most part. How do you how do you check in with yourself to do that? Like if you notice that you don't feel that way, I mean, then what do you do? I'm asking, uh, I'm asking for myself. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. Cause like, there, there are times that like, you know, you know, that, that Facebook post you, you mentioned, uh, Oh yeah. I was just bitter. Uh, you know, I, for some reason in August, I didn't have as many shows last year and I was just bitter. I saw all these people playing shows and I was like, fuck this, you know, they get to play shows and I'm not blah, 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 blah. And um, I think it just takes takes some stepping back and appreciating what you have. Um, 
And that's the biggest thing. Just to step back and like be like, hey, this is like, you know, I could not be doing this. Yeah. Even though it's hard, I couldn't be doing this. Um, or, you know, maybe, you know, I'm not playing shows so I can focus on something else that's going to, you know, uh, bring positive things to my life, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's just take, yeah, just taking a step back and just realizing good things are probably going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I think like some of the wise people from the past that I try to listen to and get things from, that's kind of exactly what they point to is just like practicing gratitude and practicing peace of mind. Yeah. And, uh, I'm trying to learn how to do that because I don't think I've ever really learned how to do that in life. And I don't know. It, I find it very unnatural. Um, it's not that I feel it's not it's not that I battle feeling entitled to anything, but it's it's more like battling feeling um, kind of just l- not pure pessimism. More so just like being concerned by concerned by threats or concerned by uh discomfort more so than I do like embrace and celebrate positive feelings and like glee and shit like that. Right. And I, it's like some, like just from talking to you and just like getting this vibe of like what seems to me like a really genuine, like when you talk about this quarantine period and I'm thinking about the different ways that we saw that and how in some way for you, you found a relief in that. And I'm thinking about myself and like how I I just, I walked around here like a zombie, just like bumping my head into the wall. Like, Like what, what am I alive for anymore? Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm, I'm just noticing that difference and yeah. I wanted to hear what you thought about that, about like, I don't know how you, how you managed to, uh, try to practice that stuff for yourself. Um, which you, which you already answered, but no, yeah, I, I do go, I go through periods of time like that. Like, like I was saying back in August, um, and even right before, like, like we went to the band competition, I was like, Oh God, you know? until like I got in like coach mode I was like oh man like what if we don't what if we don't do well blah 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 blah. and even like the the from the announcement uh, of the other band like technically winning my mood was just sour the rest of the day really I was yeah I was like fuck this man like we just put our all on stage didn't know he came in second you know what I mean that's but they didn't tell you until like they asked me to play Uh. hillside the next day um so yeah, I, I I definitely like I I do kind of get like you know down in the dumps like about like you know being an artist that's working your ass off yeah to like work for almost you know get nothing in return sometimes is what it feels like um, yeah because it you know it's a hard industry really hard industry to like make anything uh, in you know it's the reason I you know you still have to have a full time job to. Yeah. To just pay the bills. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and I appreciate you sharing that side of yourself too, or whatever yeah. the reality, because obviously nobody's going to be happy all the time. That would, yeah. that wouldn't even be interesting to be happy all the time. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah it's just, uh, it, it is a, it is a, it, it's a, it's a weird, I hate to romanticize it anyway, but creativity in general can sometimes be this weird, a bit of a curse that just oh, is like, 100%. Never, yeah. you can never fulfill it. You yep. can never give it enough of what it wants. Yep. You know. Yep. Definitely. That's, you know, I feel more so like that with uh, studio art. When I was in school, I would, I would work a piece until it was just ruined. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> I really would. Like, uh, yeah. I would work a painting until it was just like, I was like, now it looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where I would, you know, uh, throwing on the wheel was a little bit different because you, you, you get so thin. You know, well, I guess, you know, it, it might not be different. You, you, you try to thin it out so much that it's just like it turns into, just flops over. Um, I didn't know you did these art forms. Yeah, I, I, I minored in studio art. I see. At State. I mainly focused on uh, ceramics. Okay. okay. No, but I did, I did a few painting classes and all that, um, too. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, I can understand those examples of just overworking. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be in every art form, I'm sure. I think so. There's like that yeah. funny meme of George Lucas or whoever, who are like watching the Star Wars thing. <laughs> and he's like, I think I just, I think I might have taken it too far this time. <laughs> like it was the Jar Jar Binks um, one. <laughs> Fucking whatever. Yeah. That was kind of like the weirdest kind of era, I think. Like the, the, Jar Jar, the Jar Jar era of, yeah. of Star Wars. Kind of, it was just strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like, so, like, yeah, whatever. It was like such an in between thing because there's something. In the seventies, or whatever the yeah seventies, the technology that people were experiencing, they were really shocked by and impressed by. Right. It was like groundbreaking, and I think now the technology is so advanced that it feels natural. Yeah, to me, in the nineties ones, it feels like this middle ground yep. where it's like the technology isn't quite convincing to yeah. all the people that are seeing it. Right, like, uh. I mean, like, sure, <laughs> but <laughs> we can, this just feels weird, yeah. you know? It's, I think that was what screwed it up more than the actual characters. Like, uh, right, yeah. Jar Jar's fine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he's hilarious. He, he's, he's the class clown of, yeah. of, the, uh, of the, entire, the entire movie. He was. <laughs> he's like the court jester. And you, you, you need him sometimes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't know how we just got there. I, yeah. <laughs> George Lucas. Oh, right. Yeah. Art, art goes too far it. sometimes. Yeah. 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 Uh, how do you find that? How do you do that with a song? How do you, how are you like, this is finished? Well, I'll tell you, that's a, that's a really good fucking question. <laughs> um, I practice something that I've been practicing for quite a number of years now for that very reason. Um, when it's, when it's the first, the first sense that it's done, it's done. I okay. do not edit it. Yeah. Um, I've talked, I've talked to some people about that and I've like, like I, I was in a duo that I, and I love the duo and, and we had a conversation about this and I mention it not as a criticism because she pointed it out to me as something that she thought was interesting. She would like come to the table with a song that we'd already been working on, but it would have changes to it. Mm. And like, like, Oh, I, I thought it would be better if it was like this. Yeah. And I was like, I just expressed my philosophy about that. Like when you go to a fucking art gallery and you see a painting on the wall, there's something really a bummer about somebody. It would be a bummer if you saw the artist, like take that off the wall and be like, eh, I'm just going to adjust and this just, yeah. and like add paint yep. to it or yep. whatever, scribble something out. Yep. And I feel the same way about songs. Like when you get it to where you're going to stand by it, you stand the fuck by it. And yep. you just like, let it be done. Yeah. If l run that risk, risk right. the imperfection. Right. Of it. Yeah. Which kind of makes it cool. Cooler. Yeah. I think. Exactly. Cause you, I, it, it kind of like, you know, when I think when artists get so big, they just sound overproduced. Yep. You know what I mean? And I, I think you can, you can also overwrite a song. Um, so yeah, I, I think keeping a song like that definitely keeps it more authentic to, to the sound. 
I think so too. I think I mean, and even if the song is like, I've I've got plenty of songs. I've I've got a couple different categories of songs in my head uh, that I notice like patterns, and some of them are just wacky. Uh, I think the word is um, what is the word? It's uh, uh, well, there's a, I can't esoteric. Uh, some of them are esoteric in the sense that they just will only make sense to me and whatever other personalities exist inside me. Yeah. Like other people aren't going to interpret them the same way. They have right. no chance at it. Yeah. Uh, I could edit those songs to be more palatable to other people, but like, why? Like, why yeah. not just let that song yeah. exist for that reason? Yep. Every song doesn't have to be like commercial friendly or some yeah. shit, you know? Yeah. I just spoke to, um, the guy, uh, James or sorry, Eddie Huffman yesterday. Uh, he wrote yeah. uh, the bio for John Prime, mm-hmm. and he, he's uh, what John was kind of, or he what he was talking about John in his first performance, like an open mic, was kind of the same way. He was John was like, man, like I'm like bringing these songs that I feel like just have way too much detail here, you know, uh, and they might not be that good, uh, but like, yeah, and people were just like, holy shit, like that's amazing yeah. you know he because he, he was saying he needed to like go back and like edit it and be more simplistic right and like yeah yeah that's weird to hear <laughs> yeah, right in retrospect <laughs> god damn john prime yeah oh don't get me started same dude i like many tears have been shed like since since he's died i like they were like reading a an intro about him yesterday uh at that, that thing i did with with uh eddie and I felt myself like tearing up then. I was like, what the heck, dude? Like, it's been two years, <laughs> you know? But still, just like, because he, I, I just look up to him so much because yeah. he was one of those people that are just, he was who he was and didn't try to put on any front. Uh, and he, you know, he was like, you know, I think he got, he gained more popularity in the past 10 years than he ever had. But still, he was huge in the 80s. Yeah. They called him the, the, the new Bob Dylan. And he had every reason in the world to take that and have be arrogant about it, and just wasn't at all. Same for Doc Watson. Um, uh, the, the guy was just just he was just him. Yeah. And even on like the statue they put up, uh, and and Boone for Doc, they were like, uh, he he was like, you better put just one of the people on that statue because he was like, I, I'm just one of y'all. Mm. You know. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah, man, John Prine too is an, is is one of those people who I admire for his um, his just independence. It's just like I, I'm yeah I'm I'm gonna start a label that like is tailor made for the like how how my music ought to be presented to people. Yeah, and that has just been has been always my dream since yeah. I was like a, since I was fifteen or sixteen. It was like. I just want to be involved. I just want to be able to produce the art that I want to make. I want to be able to make fucking movies if I want to or whatever. And it's, it's gotten way more specific over the years, but yeah, I mean, I love the idea of being plugged in enough that I could just like have a label that I just operate for the music that I believe in most, which is like mine and like maybe some of my friends or something like just fucking put that out to the world. And he's somebody I think that, did that while maintaining the absolute most integrity of the label. Like yeah. that label is fucking cool. Like that yeah. label still means something as a label yeah. to me in the same way that like sub pop does or something. Right. It's just yeah. like there's integrity there. Yeah. You know, in a different way. 
uh, I wanted to ask you about categories of song. Like when I said, when I said I have different categories of songs in my head, is that something that you relate to at all? Like, do you, not quite so much. I, I don't think, um, just like different topics is what you're saying or not or? topics, but like, I'll give you an example, I guess. I've got some that are written in like a very distant voice about like nature. I've got some that are more like country referenced, like Americana songs. Okay. Yeah. And I've got a couple little families like that, that they exist. Just stylistically, in. I guess. I guess stylistically and maybe subject, like you say topics. I mean, I could see subject matter being a part of it, but yeah. maybe just like, um, families they exist in, in the way that you okay. think of the songs. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, kind of, yeah, I, I can see some of that, you know, uh, when I first started writing songs, they were all like, you know, love songs where you got your heart broke, which everybody, you know, writes about that. Um, but also I, I try to write songs, um, along the lines of like, you know, like a coming home kind of thing, homecoming, or at least my first record I did, but also just, uh, finding there's being optimistic, um, as well. Um, and then, but like stylistically, I still don't know what genre I fall in. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, I pull from so many things, whether it's, you know, folk and bluegrass or country or rock. Um, stylistically, I don't know where I, where I lie and what I do. Because when I write these songs, they're just, you know, a guy and a guitar. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of, once I take it to the studio, if it sounds good, we kind of go with that. You know, um, but, uh, yeah, kind of yes, but also no. Yeah. <laughs> That's a sufficient answer. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Well, as we wrap up the conversation, uh, I should ask you just like what, uh, as far as on the horizon goes and like what people can, uh, expect or, or like, um, wait, I meant to ask you this like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> the are you still like what are you doing on so are you are you doing anything on social media now that's still connected to that whole thing you started during quarantine where that you have a, a way of performing music for people in that realm or is it like you're trying to make that more about the show uh i don't do that quite as much anymore i think it would be smart to um you know I, you see a lot of folks doing that still to this day like billy strings will just like randomly pop on I do like an Instagram live or Facebook live thing. Yeah. Which I think people eat up, you know, well, um, from him. In particular, yeah, definitely. Sure, yeah. Definitely. Um, and it just kind of like gives another, another mode of, or, you know, another way of, uh, people just seeing your, like who you are and what you're putting out, you know? Uh, cause you know, a lot of the times on social media, we're always like, Hey, playing here, record coming out, uh, whatever, you know, whatever else. And it's, you, you don't actually like put music up. Yeah. So I, I think that's, it would be smart to do that again or yeah. some sort of form of it. Cool. Uh, well, I mean, what is on the horizon as far as like what you might want people to pay most attention to? Like, uh, you got your album coming out eventually. Eventually. Yeah. Um, so, uh, for the summer we're gonna, we've, I don't know when this is gonna be put out, but it should just be a couple weeks. Okay, cool. Um, so we're going to be playing in Winston at the gas hill room. Oh yeah, well, uh, on June sixteenth. 
Um, so that's kind of one I'm really looking forward to. Um, and then we're doing the the uh, Boonerang after party. That's a festival going on in Boone um, on June 17th uh, at Boone Saloon. So <clears throat> that'll be a lot of fun. And we're also uh, in the On the Rise competition at Floyd Fest this year. So Oh, cool. You guys vote for us, please. <laughs> <laughs> Want to win this. Yeah. <laughs> cool. It's funny the difference between that and Merle Fest. Merle Fest is judges only for the band competition and Floyd Fest is the crowd votes. Mm. So, which do you prefer? I haven't experienced Floyd Fest yet. Okay. So, I'd like to follow back yeah, and see right. what, which one works better. <laughs> but I mean, it sounds like the judges one worked out for you pretty well. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think going into Floyd Fest, Pete, like, like we'll just have to put a lot, of, a lot of groundwork into like advertising and being like, hey, this is like how you you can vote for us at yeah. the festival and all that. So yeah. yeah. Well, cool, man. Uh, I mean, this has been a very dynamic conversation. I think right. it gave me a, <laughs> a lot of uh, insight into you as an artist. And so, uh, man, I just appreciate the shit out of you to like drive down here from Boone and everything. Oh, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah, I'm glad you were. Um, I hope we'll find some opportunities to like do some shit. Yeah, definitely. That'd be cool. Cool. Well, That'd be really cool. We'll wrap it up for today, and uh, we'll do it again sometime. Yeah, let's do it. All right. <laughs>